Hello, this is Susan Marie, and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, YouTube, and by subscribing to my newsletter, suemarie.substack.com. And most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. Today, I wish to speak with you about emotionality, human sexuality, the sexual response cycles, the sex positive movement, and the psychology of an orgasm. For the purpose of this discussion, all subject matters I mention relate to all sexual genders, identifications, and orientations, regardless if I am saying man and or woman. And please... Apply this discussion to how it best suits your own sexuality and orientation. Emotionality, a massive aspect of the human condition, is the observable behavioral and physiological parts of emotion. Behavioral is how the mind reacts to something and physiological is how the body reacts to something. Emotionality is how humans react to a stimulus. Some responses are obvious and can be seen by others like touching something hot and pulling your hand away and yelling, ow, while other reactions can only be felt by the individual, like someone saying something mean and inside of yourself you feel hurt, yet remain composed without frowning, crying, or showing an observable physical sign. Biologically, physiological responses to emotion originate in the central and autonomic nervous systems as well as the endocrine system that include labored breathing, sweating, rapid heart rate, And in early psychology, emotion was thought of as an indication of weakness or inferiority. This is most certainly not the case. Thank goodness. Interestingly enough, six universal emotions are the same across all cultures. Those being happiness, sadness, anger, fear, surprise, and disgust, which cause emotions to become shared universally. Although there are physiological, neurological, and cognitive theories for why humans respond to emotion, common sense tells us that when we are conscious of our emotions, then our body reacts. But that is not always the case. Human sexuality is simply the way humans express themselves sexually. Various factors come into play with sexuality, like gender and culture. However, internally, all humans in their own ways express their sexuality consciously and subconsciously. And human sexuality begins in the hypothalamus of the brain, essential for sexual functioning. The hypothalamus, it's located in the center of the brain. It keeps the body balanced. For example, when we're hungry, this is the brain's way of letting us know we need nutrients. The hypothalamus connects to the endocrine and nervous systems and regulates body temperature, thirst, appetite, emotions, sleep cycles, sex drive, childbirth, heart rate, and balance of body fluids. The hypothalamus is kind of like a switchboard operator. The sexual response cycle is a model that describes the physiological, which are body, physical, responses that occur during sexual activity. And these were created by William Masters and Virginia Johnson of Masters and Johnson from the Kinsey Institute. Regardless of how problematic their own relationship was, in addition to the ethics surrounding a lot of their studies, their findings are integral and together they transform society's understanding of sexual response and sex therapy. Masters and Johnson theorized four phases of the sexual response cycle. One, excitement. Two, plateau. Three, orgasm. And four, resolution. The excitement phase is the desire and motivation to have sex. 
The plateau stage is the precursor to orgasm. The orgasmic stage is obviously having an orgasm, and after an orgasm, which is a release of tension, is resolution, a period of non-arousal until you can become aroused again. The first stage, excitement, is arousal. It's physical and mental, and it's a result of erotic stimuli like kissing, touching, or viewing something erotic, which is essentially foreplay. This is where heart rate may rise, breathing becomes rapid, and one may sweat. During this stage, the human body, physically and mentally, is preparing itself for sex. If one is aroused properly, the second stage begins, plateau, which occurs right before an orgasm. This is why physical and emotional interaction and stimulation of erogenous zones during foreplay is integral for both involved. However, in mouths, the excitement stage, the very first sexual response stage, typically occurs in a few seconds. And in females, the same stage can last from several minutes to several hours. The plateau phase is the period prior to orgasm, typically where both men and women vocalize their pleasure naturally. That again depends on each individual. But the prolonged time in the plateau phase without progression to the orgasmic phase can result in sexual frustration. For example, it is simple to physically observe, hear, and see when a man has an orgasm. And for some people, maybe a bit more difficult to know when a woman has an orgasm unless she tells you or you can feel it. Now those who understand an individual individuals likes and dislikes which for everyone is different and why communication is integral I will get to that part shortly and both are loving compassionate giving partners will typically have no difficulty I do not bring these subject matters up to discount any experiences or label sexuality because that is too broad of a subject. My purpose for mentioning the stages, along with emotionality, is there are huge aspects of being human and these basic guides we must tailor to our partners and ourselves. Which brings me to sex positivity. In my realm of existence, this includes all races, ethnicities, genders, sexual identities, and belief systems. Sex positivity for me and here with you does not include any form of feminism or misogyny, nor does it portray a one-sided view of sex because sex is natural, beautiful, and oh, so extremely human. I am, however, 100% for all of our sexuality, sexual needs, and desires. There is no reason for anyone to be shamed nor denied for expressing their sexuality how they best see fit. However, due to sex positivity being misunderstood and derailed from the early 20th century to the 1980s to present, allow me to shed some light. The sex positive movement is a social and philosophical movement that promotes and embraces sexuality and sexual expression with an emphasis on safe and consensual sex. Sex positivity defined is an attitude towards human sexuality that regards all consensual sexual activities as fundamentally healthy and pleasurable, encouraging sexual pleasure and experimentation. Sex positivity is about making your own decisions about your sex life rather than letting culture dictate how you express your sexuality. When you are sex positive, you can figure out what you want, what works for you, and what strategies will help you achieve your relationship goals. It also means standing up for yourself and your body. The sex positive movement advocates for comprehensive sex education and safe sex as part of its campaign. The movement generally makes no moral distinctions among types of sexual activities regarding these choices as matters of personal preference. 
sex positive respects each of our unique sexual profiles. Even as we acknowledge that some of us have been damaged by a culture that tries to eradicate sexual difference and possibility. I mean, the term sexual liberation is used to describe a socio-political movement from the 1960s into the 1970s. Myths surrounding sex positivity are things like sex is all about BDSM or hedonism, that the word slut is okay to use, that casual sex is always a good thing and it's not if it's toxic or causes you heartbreak and pain, and that people that practice sex positivity despise others who do not. Being sex positive means that you have your boundaries firmly in place. You know what you want and you are comfortable saying no as well as saying yes. Sex educator Charlie Glickman stated, The fact that someone enjoys sex doesn't necessarily mean that they can honor and celebrate sexual choices and practices that they don't do. People have all sorts of reasons for being disinterested in, scared of, or repulsed by sex. And all of these reasons are valid, even if they don't make sense to you. And even the most sexually adventurous people have boundaries. Knowing your boundaries and doing your best to articulate them clearly to your partner or partners is among the most sex positive things you can do. If someone is calling you a prude or sex negative for not having sex with them, they're violating your consent and their opinion of you is invalid. And just because you want to create a world in which everyone is empowered to make the sexual choices they want doesn't mean that you personally have to be interested in casual sex. You get to be as picky or not as you want. Sex positivity is about consent and communication. It means being open and informed. It has never meant an obligation to experiment or push boundaries. As far as I'm concerned, the decision not to have sex is just as sex positive as the decision to have sex, as long as it's done consensually without judgment or shame. Another way that some people co-opt the concept of sex positivity is by using it as an excuse to objectify other people. Because supporting others in their own sexual choices is a key part of sex positivity. Entitlement has no place here. As Greta Christina, author and speaker, stated, sex positivity does not mean treating the entire world as a sexual buffet. Sex can be painful, regrettable, traumatizing, and forgettable, and sex positivity must recognize that. Sex positivity must be here for trauma survival the asexual and aromantic, and people who don't love their bodies, and everyone who's ever felt scared about sex, as well as anyone who feels like sex has done them more harm than good. In addition, a partner's lack of compassion, support, communication, and understanding can indeed cause dysfunctions, and not all people reach orgasm in the same fashions. Sex researcher Betty Dodson defined different forms of orgasms. These include blended, a variety of experiences, multiple, a series of orgasms, pressure, any applied pressure, relaxation, simply from being deeply relaxed, tension, direct stimulation to tense muscles, fantasy, which is mental stimulation alone, and G-spot, stimulation of an erotic zone. We all experience these in different degrees. Medical professionals typically use physiological changes to the body as a basis for a definition for orgasm. And psychologists and mental health professionals use emotional and cognitive changes when in reality, a single universal explanation of the orgasm does not exist. This is why it is integral to talk about one's sexual preferences, lifestyles, likes, dislikes, and things they, as well as yourself, may wish to explore sexually, yet are fearful or embarrassed before anything physical occurs. 
Sexuality and sex for me is sacred and the physical act of bond, the ultimate sharing of one soul with another, even if that is for one hour, one day, one night, a few months, years, or a lifetime. Sex and sexuality are natural, beautiful expressions of who we are, our wants, needs, and desires, and being positive about yourself and the one you share yourself with is integral for ultimate experiences. I prefer Alice Walker's definition of sexuality when she stated, sexuality is one of the ways that we become enlightened because it leads us to self-knowledge. Please join me next week for more interesting discussion and check out last week's episode on human nature and the corruption of morality.